eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Baseball, ladies and gentlemen, actual real baseball is actually really taking place in the world right now. Spring training underway. Welcome to Big Time Baseball. I am Cody Decker, former professional baseball player turned professional smartass on the radio. And with me, the one, the only, the man who I literal Twitter feed has been on my notifications for three and a half months. The one and only John Heyman. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing, Cody? This is very exciting. We're going to have baseball uh, as we record this two weeks away, uh, we are all thrilled about that. Oh, I cannot believe it's actually finally happening. It's so funny, John, because we've had you and I have been doing this show together for about a year. And I feel like we didn't talk much over the last, I don't know, five, six months because of, you know, the the offseason, not to mention the lockout and everything. Yet I feel closer to you than I ever have, mainly because <laughs> I, there is no one in the world I followed quite as extensively on social media other than you and like Bob Nightingale. And like it was just endless, just waiting for you to tell me, can we play baseball? And man, you've been a you've been a blast to, to follow for the last few months. And with this with uh, the lockout finally coming to an end, I'm really excited to talk to you about this, John, because we don't actually have to talk about the lockout or anything CB, you know, CBA related. We get to finally talk about what we want to talk about, which is free agency, winners and losers of this offseason, so many new players on new teams. Right out the gate, John, just how do you feel about it? Are you excited about these moves? Are you just what are your what's your takeaway yeah, you from this what? crazy offseason? You know what? Yeah, first of all, I I am just a Twitter feed. That's how people look at me. And um, <laughs> that's my life. And uh, Twitter pays nothing. I will re- re- remind people that for the, all those who complain about some of my tweets. But uh, we're just excited to talk baseball. You're so right, Cody. Um, oh, you know, this, this offseason was interesting. Um, so many unpredictable moves. The only one I think I got right was Schwarber to the Phillies. I just knew the connection there with the hitting coach, Kevin Long. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the Phillies are going to try to add another outfield bat. And uh, they tried it and they actually added two. So I didn't know they were going to add Castellanos. But my God, these other moves. Who would have predicted uh, 
Chris Bryant to the Rockies. Oh, man. Um, Freddie Freeman leaving Atlanta. I guess we would have thought Los Angeles was the second choice, but I don't think anybody uh, foresaw that. And really, I know it's going back a ways, but Max Scherzer to the Mets. I mean, who would have seen that? I mean, we thought he loved the West Coast. Seemed like at the trade deadline, he just wanted to go to the Dodgers or the Padres. And uh, as it turned out, he wants to be back on the East Coast. So uh, a lot of shocking moves, Rangers, Tigers, others. Uh, Nothing was predictable, and it was all great. No, and you mentioned some teams that really kind of shocked the world a little bit. Another team that I'm sure we'll mention at some point in this podcast, uh, the Mariners also making some moves, smelling some blood in the water in the AL West. But let's get into it right now. Let's break it up by league. Let's look at the American League first, and you mentioned it. Um, Players going to cities we did not expect. I remember right before the offseason hit, you and I sat down, we chatted a little bit about potential landing spots for players. And you and I immediately talked about Trevor Story. And you were the one that put it in my head that Trevor Story was going to be a Yankee. And I looked at the setup and I'm like, this fits so unbearably well. But that was under the impression that, you know, Carlos Correa wasn't going to end up being a Yankee, which I think a lot of us really thought would end up happening. This last week and a half, Trevor Story to the Red Sox, Carlos Correa to the Twins. And right now, the Yankees are looking everywhere to figure out just who exactly is responsible for robbing them. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you know, Trevor Story, um, I guess that wasn't that unpredictable a result there because I think we knew that Houston, Seattle, and Boston uh, were the teams that were kind of in there at the beginning, but it kind of all got mixed up at the end. And Minnesota was still looking for a shortstop. They were certainly prominent in the Trevor Story uh, bidding. Um, the Yankees were involved, the Giants. And ultimately, you know what? The Red Sox were the best fit. Um, I was thinking maybe at the end, you know, could be the Yankees if they did short term. But Trevor Story actually got six years. Mm -hmm. So um, Boston is a good fit because they were looking at second base and they feel he can play second base. His arm wasn't great last year like it usually is. So second base might be work out better, maybe. And then we all know that Bogertz has the opt-out, which he's going to do. He's going to opt out. He may stay, but he will opt out and use that uh, right to get a better contract, as he is underpaid now. And uh, they could lose him. So Story could then move over to shortstop, assuming his arm holds up. And, uh, you know, so I think Boston did the right thing. I think that move makes sense. For them, uh, the Twins, I was just there at the press conference uh, yesterday as as we speak here. And, uh, you know, it was very exciting for the Twins to add a Carlos Correa, the biggest free agent signing they've ever had. Of course, a record for an infielder, 35.1 million. No one could have guessed this at the beginning of the year that he'd go to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, you're right. A lot of people thought the Yankees. Uh, I, I think, you know, I love Correa personally. Uh, is all Everybody who saw my bro hug with him. Uh, on TV uh, is now making fun of me, but I love the guy. But you know what? Uh, the Yankees had a couple things that were going on with Correa that, you know, I don't know that it was him necessarily, but he was with Houston, which they didn't love that. He did make that comment about Derek Jeter early in the offseason. They didn't love that. And he's he was very close to Alex Rodriguez. I'm not sure that he is now, but I don't think they love that either, even though Alex Rodriguez really was the key guy who helped them win their last World Series championship. But he's not exactly Mr. Popularity around the Yankees now. So 
Um, didn't end up going to the Yankees, but we thought at the end that Houston would step up, and they basically had their number in mind and didn't really move. And uh, he wanted to get the best deal that he could. And, you know, this may work out better for him. I mean, obviously, we know that Detroit was willing to go for 275 before the lockout. And, you know, some people might have liked that better. But uh, as it turns out, with the two opt-outs that he's got, um, the odds are this will, this will actually work out better for him monetarily, providing that he stays healthy. And he has been. He's been healthy the last couple of years. Yeah, and you 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 hit the nail on the head. This is a three year deal, and a few people, if you saw it on social media, saying like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, he didn't get the money he wanted." This deal is borderline unprecedented. Three years, high AAV for a position player of all time. Not to mention, you, you just said it: the two opt outs. He basically, if he chooses to, controls the free agent market for the next two seasons. Um, it, it's a pretty sweet deal, and we mentioned the Twins. Um, boy, the biggest free agent signing of their uh, history. Carlos Correa, they basically undercut everybody, snuck in there, got him, especially got him away from the Yankees, which you mentioned. Listen, they, they were able to dump a lot of money in that Josh Donaldson trade over to the Yankees and completely sneak attack and pull away Carlos Correa. If anything, this truly felt, and I know, you, I, know I might be reading way too far into it, but I'm a man who just loves him some drama. This really felt like 22 years of playoff frustration of Minnesota taking it all out on the Yankees front office in a matter of six days. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. That, I don't think that played into it, but uh, they were thrilled to trade Josh Donaldson. I mean, it wasn't long after they and they gave him a, a deal for $100 million to go mm -hmm. there. And they were very excited to get him. It seemed like they wanted to trade him within minutes after acquiring him. And they finally found the team that would take the whole contract, which that's pretty good considering he's got the final two years to go. And presumably they're not going to be as productive as the first two years because, you know, he's getting older, although he still looks good on the field. But, you know, he didn't fit there. You know, uh, the Minnesota nice thing. I don't know what it was. It didn't work out. Judge Donaldson's a feisty guy with a great intensity. The Yankees are happy to welcome a guy who in baseball parlance is a red ass. I guess that's a compliment. Uh, I hope I can say that. Is it? Uh, you can definitely say red ass. <laughs> all right, good. I know you've said it a few times, and they love that. They love that. But, you know, uh, it didn't work in Minnesota. It just it didn't work in the clubhouse. And, uh, you know, they cleared the money, and we thought they'd spend that on pitching because it looks like they need pitching, but uh, they obviously needed a shortstop as well. And, you know, this – worked out great for them it's a it's a real boon to be able to get somebody of this ilk uh to come to minnesota and i was at the press conference and he was very excited uh yesterday uh talking about the uh uh the batter's eye at uh, target field and he does have a 1205 lifetime ops in, at target field and the family atmosphere and he's kind of a boring family guy so that's great and uh the Juicy Lucy's, which I know what they are because I'm a foodie and I watch the Food Network, but I don't know if everybody knows what it's like, a hamburger with cheese in the middle of it. Apparently, that's a specialty in Minneapolis. I did not know that, but uh, that's that he could not stop talking about the Juicy Lucy's. And if those of you who listen to this podcast don't think you learn new things, I've never heard <laughs> of a Juicy Lucy, and I can't wait to try one. It sounds delicious. You know, looking at this American League right now, we just talked about the Red Sox. And if, you, if you're looking through the sports books, the Red Sox are currently sitting at 18 to 1. I think those are pretty good odds. The Yankees, however, despite the fact that we just talked about the Yankees, kind of, I, I mean, 
to say that they got took this offseason is a bit of an exaggeration. Their team is quite loaded. They are currently sitting 11 to 1. And the Minnesota Twins, despite these huge moves that they just made, I mean, they're they're 45 to 1 still to win the World Series. And that's in a a, a somewhat open AL Central, even though it seems as though the White Sox are far and away the best team. That's going to be a real interesting division this year. Oh, it certainly is. And, and you know, everybody, not everybody, but, you know, everybody but Pittsburgh has a chance. Uh, sorry to knock <laughs> you there. Because, you know, the six teams make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. So I could certainly envision uh, Minnesota making the playoffs, and that certainly helps their odds. I don't anticipate winning that division, but, um, you know, I think the White Sox are much the best in that division. Minnesota needs uh, more starting pitching. I love what they do. I, I loved all their maneuvering this year. Their offense is fantastic, but – Right now, that back end of that rotation, it's got a bunch of kids. You know, Ober, Ryan, Thorpe. You know, that's three untested in, in the rotation. They're they're right now calling San Diego and the other few teams that have ex what we think of as extra starting pitchers. But even those teams that have extra starting pitchers, they all want to keep that depth. So it's not going to be easy. We still have Johnny Cueto on the market. We'll see what they do there. But you know, you're talking about the odds there. Um, the Yankees at 11 to one, you know, I think the Yankees are over bet at 11 to one. I know they're normally lower, lower than that. Uh, odds they're probably normally five or six or seven to one, but they didn't do anything. And that their rotation to me is too thin. So I, I don't like those odds for the Yankees. To me, they look like a third or fourth place team in that to be very tough division. So, I mean, I'm yeah. not killing them by saying third or fourth place team, but you know, with all that Toronto do, did, I mean, I think they're the favorite. We know I can't even look at what Tampa's team is because it doesn't matter. You know they're going to be good. And, you know, to me, the Yankees have – some issues. So to me, they're a third or fourth place team in that division. I, I, I agree with you. And yeah, I think they got some issues too. But looking at that division, with the exception of Baltimore, it is not out of the realm of possibility that any one of these teams could easily be the World Series champion, yes. uh, let alone the pennant uh, winner in the American League. Uh, we mentioned the White Sox real quick, but looking like the far and away best team in the American League Central. Well, they're currently sitting 10 to 1, second best odds currently in Major League Baseball, behind one team and one team only. And we're going to switch it over to the National League side. Freddie Freeman, a guy that I never thought would ever wear a hat that didn't have an A on it, is now a Los Angeles Dodgers. I guess he still wears a hat that has an A on it, just also has an L on it. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you are a Dodger fan, it seems like it's just every year is Christmas for the last five, six years. However, I'm a little worried about that pitching staff. However, their offense, my God, this might be the single greatest offense I've ever looked at. I really sat down and broke down the lineup in multiple different ways. And it just seems like Dave Roberts got to be a kid in a candy store because you go one through nine. There is nowhere for a pitcher to breathe. Oh, and don't worry about the bench because he's got an A.J. Pollock on that. It's just insane how good the Dodgers are. Yeah, I mean, that lineup looks like one of the best of all time. I mean, you've got right now probably Cody Bellinger batting seventh, former MVP, still a young man, and obviously didn't have the usual year last year. But, uh, I mean, you put Freeman in there with uh, Betts, um, Muncy, uh, Turner, both Turners. Uh, you know, it's an amazing lineup, and uh, that's why uh, they're the favorite far and away in baseball. And certainly they've got a lot of talent in that rotation. They've got some questions there. Obviously, they lost Kenley Jansen, so the bullpen might be a little bit thinner than it was. But, boy, that lineup's going to make up for a lot of, lot of issues. 
Yeah, take the overs this season for the Dodgers. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored in Chavez Ravine. Uh, and again, we, we've even glossed over it because we just got so googly eye just looking at the lineup. Freddie Freeman, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, what what can you say about Freddie Freeman that uh, hasn't already been said? He's a, <laughs> a borderline generational first baseman, does everything just a little bit better than every other first baseman in the league, with the exception of maybe up in Toronto uh with Vladdy Jr but it man it's what a pickup by LA I it's obviously got to be great for him an hour away from home if he wasn't going to play for Atlanta it seems like there's no other better team to play for other than maybe the Angels but I'm I'm uh right if you're a Dodger fan you just you just you gotta be excited yeah future Hall of Famer I'm surprised he's definitely a future Hall of Famer but I'm surprised to hear you say it's an hour away being a Los Angeles guy uh, you know that if you're in Corona Del Mar going to Dodger Stadium that could be anywhere from uh 50 minutes to uh, who knows. Uh, that but, is true. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is beyond true, which is why I did throw the caveat of angels in there because they are yeah. significantly closer. Yeah, that's why um, I never say an hour. I never give a time going to Los Angeles. I give a miles instead. Because How about who, this? Who I currently live in Sherman Oaks and I'm from Santa Monica. It's 7.8 miles. It is not oh, out of the realm of possibility that that's an hour drive often. Oh, forget it. Yeah, it's, um, it's something. I, I used to live in the Valley and work at the Santa Monica Outlook. Oh, uh, man, I, I, I remember the Panamonic Outlook. A, yeah. a young little leaguer named Cody Decker had a few articles in that thing. Did you really? It went oh. out of business a while back. But anyway, we'll get back. We're going off on a tangent here. <laughs> anyway, Freddie Freeman, obviously one of the best players in the game. And uh, it's a little shocking that he's still not with the Braves. Everybody says that that was his first choice to go back. He said it. I believe it. Uh, it's a shame that they couldn't work it out. But, you know, if he's not going to be able to work it out there, might as well go Sort of home, even though he's from Orange County. Obviously, he talked about his father, who's in his 60s. His grandfather is in the 80s. Going to be able to see him play uh, every day at home now. And uh, that is great. I'm sure they're happy, but, uh, you know, a little bit bittersweet because I think he expected to be a Brave his entire life. Those negotiations uh, were interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, Obviously, the Braves made an offer. I think he said it was last year at the – at the around the all-star break and uh, I'm not sure if they moved off of that offer but they were around 140 million for five years he ends up getting six years for 162 million so it looks better he gets that extra year but certainly with the 57 million deferred and I called my tax guy not that he deals with these kind of numbers usually he deals with my own numbers much smaller uh, Josh Rossman from Long Island, and he says it's a $14 million difference in taxes for Freddie Freeman. So financially, I'm not sure he did better. He did get that sixth year. He is going home, sort of home, to L.A. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to look back on it. I mean, I have heard and I've seen other reports suggesting that they came back to Atlanta with, I don't want to say ultimatum, but an offer to stay for, I think it was uh, – Five years for 165 or six years for 175, you know, and that's a lot more than he ended up getting in L.A. So I'm really not sure what went on there, but uh, they obviously weren't on the same page in terms of the negotiation. He was quite upset that they didn't call him a lot, didn't show him any love. Obviously, Andrew Friedman with the Dodgers did that, and so did his friend Justin Turner. And, you know, they they tried harder, and, you know, that makes a difference, too. And uh, he ended up getting basically the same deal, as far as I can tell, and going to his second choice. But it's what a great choice it is, and I'm sure he will thrive there. Yeah, not to mention, you also mentioned, 
you know, former Brave, they went ahead and picked up Matt Olson. You talked about Freddie Freeman saying that he was a little surprised by the lack of communication from the Braves and how he kind of got blindsided by the Matt Olson trade. Don't don't think that like the, the the Atlanta Braves did nothing. They made some very big moves. That Matt Olson trade, not to mention the extension for him, great move for them. I mean, yes, I, I do think that Freddie Freeman is a better first baseman, but you're getting some youth with Matt Olson, and he's definitely no slouch. I think the Braves are looking pretty good this season in their division. They are currently sitting 13 to 1 to repeat. But of course, the Dodgers currently sitting plus 500. That's how favored the Los Angeles Dodgers are right now. Um, pretty, pretty incredible stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't bet, but you know, you mentioned the 13 to one and if anyone's listening, I would run to Las Vegas right now and bet on the Braves. I know I shouldn't say that, but, uh, what a, what a great bet that is. They are the Mm -hmm. champions. They are better. Uh, they get, uh, Azuna back, uh, in certainly sometime in April or May, uh, you know, you, you Acuna, excuse me, Acuna back. You have Azuna coming back, and Soroka will be back sometime this year. So you take Acuna, Azuna, Soroka. You're right. You added, added Olson. He's outstanding um, defensively. He's one of the best. I mean, he's not going to hit for the average that Freddie's going to hit for overall. He's not quite as good as Freddie at the moment, but love their deals. Love their dealing. Uh, I think they're doing, and they took Kenley Jansen. Uh, from the Dodgers, uh, so they got him back a little bit there. But uh, to me, the, the the Braves are an outstanding team, and they have a good chance to repeat. Yeah, another member uh, of the Dodgers going over to the Braves, Kenley Jansen. On top of that, I mean, this is this is a team that's really going to compete, and this is a team that's in the NL East with two other teams that are very scary at the moment, based on their off seasons. We're going to talk about one right now, the Phillies. Man, did the Phillies clean up a little bit. You mentioned uh, Kyle Schwarber. The Kenny Long uh, connection ended up working out great. I thought that was an amazing pickup, especially with the National League DH being implemented this year. And Nick Cassianos, man, did they do some work this offseason. That is a bolstered offense. Uh, Cassianos, Schwarber, and, and, and oh, they, they got that other guy out there who's won a couple of MVPs. I think they're going to be just fine over there in Philly offensively. Can they compete with their arms is the question. Yeah, you know, I think their arms are pretty good. I mean, as long as Wheeler is is fine and he's, he had a good outing the other day, looked good on the mound. And, uh, you know, I, I like Wheeler. I like, obviously, he's one of the better pitchers in the league. Then you've got Nola. You've got Eflin. You, you know, you got Gibson, um, Suarez. I, you know, I think their rotation is decent. To me, the questions about the Phillies are the, still the bullpen, although they brought in hand Familia and Knebel. I'm still worried about their bullpen. I'm always worried about their bullpen. It has not been good the last several years. And they keep remaking it. That's why I still want them to go out and get Craig Kimbrell, who Dave Dombrowski has acquired previously for the Red Sox. And, um, you know, they're already over the threshold. Why not? It's not my money. Um, I still think that they're, they're not going to – they're going to have a hard time competing with the, the Mets and the Braves. Uh, and you know how much I love the Braves. My last this soliloquy, but, um, you know, obviously they've got an incredible offense in Philadelphia. They're going to score a ton of runs. And they should finally break out of that 500 uh, kind of uh, malaise they've been in the last several years. But I think their defense and their bullpen are question marks. And right now the Mets and the Braves have very few question marks. So to me, they look like a third place team um, in a very, very good division. 
you know, we've mentioned futures odds a couple of times here. And the reason I've done that is just to put kind of in context on what, you know, the Vegas experts are expecting on this season, especially after all these trades. And I'm going to bring up a team right now. And I've been a little harsh on this team over the, over the years. And I think it's very justifiable. And that's the Colorado Rockies. This seems to be an organization <laughs> that doesn't seem to have any remote direction or idea of where it wants to go, what it wants to be. You know, they traded a Nolan Arenado uh, over to St. Louis a couple, uh, just a year ago to, to all of a sudden to bring in Chris Bryant on a huge deal over here in that division that it doesn't seem like they can compete. And looking at the futures odds right now, the Colorado Rockies are currently sitting uh, plus 20,000, which is um, unlikely for them to win the World Series. To <laughs> what say is the that, least. 200 to 1? I... Yes. Okay. So, hell, if you really believe in the Rockies, you might want to take the trip to Vegas and throw a flyer on that because uh, <laughs> it's going to pay out outrageous if we get a, a Rocktober like we did in 2007. However, I don't see it happening. John, please do me a yeah. favor. Uh, make gonna... this make sense to me because yeah. it just doesn't. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on this. You're right. In the in the overall, it doesn't look like they have a plan. And the reason I think it doesn't look like they have a plan is they've changed leadership at the GM level. And now they have a new plan. So judge the plan from when they changed. Now Bill Schmidt is now in charge. And, you know, he's tried to uh, keep his good players. They did want to pay Story. They did want to bring Story back. I've seen a lot of criticism why give Brian all that money and you don't want Story? They did want Story. Story, like you, has evaluated the Rockies as a team that's probably not going to win this year. And he didn't want to go. You know, they were willing to offer more than the $140 million. I don't know if they made the official offer, but Story was aware that they would have paid him more than that. And he decided not to go. Um, you know, he wants to win. And I, I don't blame him for that. And I, don't, I understand why they're 200 to 1. I wouldn't bet on them even at 200 to one, but in terms of their plan, I think the the problem was the previous regime um, seemed to upset the stars, right? You know, Nolan Arenado, they signed him, which made sense, right? Why didn't you want to keep, of course you want to keep Nolan Arenado. He's one of the best players in the game, but it became clear that he was not getting along with the front office and he didn't like the direction of the team, the rest of the direction of the team, but it was a lot of it was a personality conflict with the former GM. And then, so he wanted out. So, you know, you've got him there and he wanted out. You could sure you could force him to stay, I guess, cause he's got a contract, but he did have an opt out and then he could have left for nothing. So at that point you got an unhappy a superstar who's got an opt out coming up. So do you trade him? I, I think it, I, it makes sense that you trade him. Now, the trade they made is not one that I would endorse, but didn't they, didn't they pay $50 million to get rid of one of the best players in the game? So I would say that was not a good trade. I was not. I did not like that. I do not like the fact they didn't get along with their previous superstars. That's not good. But I think they're evolving. You know, they've got a GM now who's very likable. He's going to get he, – he knows Brian from when he scouted him in high school. So all copacetic, everything's working out. I get that they paid big for Bryant, particularly since they just extended their third baseman, Ryan McMahon, for $70 million. Now you've added Bryant, who's at least his original position was third base. Now they're going to put him out in left field. I think Bryant's value to me is all over the diamond. We'll see what, how they use him. <clears throat> so I would wonder about how they're going to use Bryant. And, I, and obviously they paid him a lot. 
And I get that they're not great. They do have decent pitching, and I understand they're not going to win, but I think their direction now is okay. That would be my pushback. Well, again, guys, Colorado Rockies, if you are a Colorado Rockies fan and you are going to Vegas anytime soon, 200 to 1 <laughs> to win the World Series. I don't, so. I don't think you're tempting anybody with that 200 to 1. You can say <laughs> that five more times, Cody. I don't, 200 I don't think, I don't think anyone's rushing out to Harris to make that bet. Um, I'm literally driving to Vegas today. <laughs> uh, I am not putting that bet down. Good. No chance. Good. Um, well, John, quick question for you. Let's, let's go a little rapid fire. Mm. Who do you think is the biggest winner team-wise of the offseason? Uh, you know, I picked the Mets. Uh, you know, they added Scherzer. If Scherzer and DeGrom are healthy, they have the best one-two. Maybe since Drysdale and Colfax. I mm. say that's your boyhood, but of course that's probably 25 years before your boyhood. It's my boyhood. Um, you know, it's a pretty good one-two combo. Obviously, Marte adds to that, and you've got Escobar, Canna. Uh, I think the Mets are the winner, but you know, I've got uh, the Rangers, the Tigers, the Jays, the Giants. They're all winners. And, of course, we hit on the Braves. I thought they did a great job recovering from the loss of Freeman very quickly. Uh, actually, they they recovered even before they lost them, and uh, technically. And the Dodgers, uh, obviously, they did a great job. And, uh, the, you know, I, the team that I always knock and, and people in the great Northwest, they, they, they're not my biggest fans probably. Uh, the Mariners, they obviously mm-hmm. did a very good job with Ray, yeah. with Winker. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Suarez will be better than he's been the last couple of years. So um, I think the we gotta, I got to tip my cap to the Mariners. I think they did a good job. Uh, really glad well. you mentioned them. I was going to throw them into the hat in the ring as well. I really liked the moves they made. Another team I really liked the moves of. Uh, I wouldn't say they're the wi- the winners. I'm going to agree with you on saying the New York Mets, man. The Mets... You can't deny the Mets made the biggest splash this offseason. I'm really excited about the Phillies. Um, but, yeah, the Mariners are a team that really excites me. So are, and believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm actually really intrigued to see what the Angels do this year. I think they they got some arms, um, you know, high upside with Noah Syndergaard potentially. Um, I thought they missed out on Rodon. However, you know, Rodon's had some injury issues, and that seems like it's already a starting rotation that is a little injured. But I am excited to see what the Angels do a little bit this season. Um, question for you here, John. What teams would you consider a loser this offseason? It doesn't necessarily mean they're the well, worst losers, team. Just who didn't do well this uh, offseason? Yeah, my, in- my, my losers are always the same. They're the teams that are that started off not so great and needed help and did nothing. You know, if a team is trying, I'm, I don't like to rip them too much. I mean, if they do something ridiculous, uh, you know, you spend $50 million on a utility infielder, sure. But, I mean, the teams that are not doing anything – are the pirates, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're obviously a loser. I mean, and now they're in a dispute with their best player, Brian Reynolds, uh, over his arbitration number. Uh, you know, we're talking peanuts, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is nothing for a major league baseball team. And they did nothing in terms of adding to the team. So, uh, you know, to me, that's the loser teams that spend a lot. You presume they're going to get better. <laughs> you know, you, th- you hope so. And I, I give them praise. I understand why Milwaukee didn't go do anything. Uh, they're the one team that's got a great rotation top to bottom, one through five. I think maybe the only one in baseball I would say they've got a good starter, one through five, like an above-average major league starter uh, who's going to be healthy and, 
and and pitch for the entire year. You know, I, there are some teams that have good names and maybe we'll have good one through five, but I think we're pretty secure in saying that Milwaukee's got a very good one through five. So I'm not going to be critical of them because they're already good. They're already the best team in their division and their revenues aren't that great. I mean, in that division, you know, I wonder about the Cubs, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, they didn't go out and get Correa. They, before the lockout, they had shown some interest, and they didn't do it. And they would have fit nicely. I, they obviously lost Baez. Um, you know, I wonder about some of the moves they did make. It was a lot of money for Marcus Stroman. To me, maybe you like that deal better than I do. And, uh, you know, they brought in, not speaking of Stroman, but they brought in some other guys who were kind of iffy to me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so among teams that spent uh, – I would wonder about the about the Cubs. I, I really would. And I also, you know, if you look at the the leaderboard in terms of the spending, uh, they're like at $120 million or something like that. And they're in the bottom half. You know, mm -hmm. revenues are in the top five. You know, so I, I don't love that. To me, me the Cubs, they should be trying a little bit harder than this. And, you know, I think they did what they could with the money that they had. But, um you know, I don't see them competing, and and why not? You know, they've got much more revenue than the Milwaukee Brewers, mm -hmm. and Milwaukee's team is much better, to me at least. I think Milwaukee's team is definitely still much better, as is the Cardinals. However, I don't think the Cubs are completely out of it. I am very disappointed in their offseason. Um, yeah, the Stroman deal, I liked the I liked the pickup. I didn't like the money. I thought it was a bit more for them. I thought maybe they could have uh, done a little bit more on the pitching side. But that is a division that is not good right now. It is more or less three teams that are even capable of competing right now. We know the Reds are not going to be competing, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are more or less a double-A team at the moment. So I'm, I'm, Gosh, I am excited. That's, that's harsh. That's harsh. Well, the double-A teams are good. I was a part of a double-A team that won 110 games. I would have put, put us up against anybody. You're um, one but, of the best minor leaguers I know. I gotta tell oh, you. you just saying that because we're on the air together. <laughs> um, well, I got a, another question for you. Looking throughout Major League Baseball this season, I know it's early. We're two weeks away from Major League Baseball starting. What do you think? There are some serious heavy hitting divisions of Major League Baseball. And I think we both agree that none of the heaviest hitting divisions are in the center of the United States. So no. which do you think is the best division in Major League Baseball? You know, I, I'd go AL East. Obviously, uh, the NL East is, is good, and the NL West is very good. Those are the three really good divisions, I think, mm -hmm. but I, I would have to go AL East. I mean, I already said the Yankees are third or fourth, and that would put Boston at third or fourth. You got New York and Boston at third and fourth. Uh, that's a pretty good division. So you got, to me, four 90-win teams again, uh, as we did last year, right? Four, one did four and win 90 games last year, and uh, three of them made the playoffs, and one of them finished the game out. So, you know, and they did a lot. You know, Blue Jays had an outstanding. I had them as fourth biggest winner, uh, getting Chapman. You know, they've they've added the pitching staff with Gosman and Kikuchi. Um, you know, the Rays are always going to be good, uh, no matter what I think. So I'm going to always upgrade them. I'm not going to even look, like I said. Uh, you know, they have four outstanding teams plus Baltimore in that division. What do you think? Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think the AL East is the best division in baseball. I think the second best division is probably the NL West. And then not far behind that is the NL East. I think it's just I think we have three divisions where 
up for grabs is not the right word because I do think the Dodgers are far and away the best team in the National League West. But the Padres were a team that disappointed me this offseason because they didn't get the players they were going after, not to mention Tatis Jr. is going to be hurt. So I'm a little worried about the Padres going into the season. However, their starting rotation, if they are healthy and we get a Blake Snell like we got at the end of last season, the Padres are a team you need to look out for. And I honestly don't know what we're going to get on the San Francisco Giants this year at all at the moment, actually. let Let me talk on those two teams. First on the Padres, I think they underachieved like almost no team we've seen in the last couple of decades last year to finish under 500 with that team. Uh, astonishing astonishing so just adding bob melvin as the manager you know i'm not saying bob melvin's worth 15 games but they they should be 15 games better right off the top now obviously the tatis injury hurts i'm glad they've got him off that motorbike finally uh you know i mean (laughs) when he was asked uh, you know do you you think you suffered this injury uh, on that motorcycle accident that you had his answer do you remember what his answer was which one yes you what an answer. <laughs> Which one? So did he have two or three? Or, I mean, he should not be on a motorbike. He and should I, Google Aaron uh, Aaron Boone and uh, oh, yeah, basketball and uh, never look at a motorcycle again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it. You can't do it. And I understand the teams were out of touch with the players uh, during that period of that one at motorcycle accident. I don't know if that was number one, number two, or number three, but the one in early December – and, you know, the teams were not allowed to be in touch with the players at that point. But what, what does his agent do? What's his job? I mean, there was a report that he was in a motorcycle accident. And the report said he just had scrapes and bruises. But you're the agent. The guy's a $340 million player. Get on the phone. Get him to a real doctor. Get him over there and see what's going on and find out if that was when he had the accident that, that broke his wrist in early December. They could have had the surgery by now, by then, and he would be ready for the regular season. Uh, instead, he shows up. I get, did he not want to? He must have been in pain. Did he not tell the team? I mean, I I can't put it all on the agent. It's got to be him too, right? I mean, to show up and then they find out now he needs surgery. I mean, they wasted two months, two three. You months. know what really bothered me about the whole thing on his part, very much on his part. He was posting photos on social media. But he had a cast on. He was having his hands behind his back. He was clearly, he clearly knew he was hurt. Oh, I mean, could you have a, I mean, I know he's tough because the guy played with a a shoulder that popped out, you know, last year and led the league in home runs. I know he's a tough guy, but you have a broken wrist. You got to know something's going on. I mean, my daughter, when she was two years old, she fell off the monkey bars and broke her arm. And I was, of course, texting and not paying attention. Of course, it was my fault. And she walked around for two days, didn't say anything, but. Then we noticed she wasn't moving her arm and, you know, but he's not, he's not two years old, you know, he's young, but he's not two years old. He had to know he was hurt. Uh, He had to know he was in pain. He did try to play apparently in a scrimmage or something sometime about two months ago. And he felt it then. Why didn't he get, get help then? I don't know. It was just a bad, it was a mistake. He's a great guy. He's fantastic for the sport. Needs to be off the motorcycle. Needs an agent who's interested in his health, not just the contract. Uh, and hopefully they get all that rectified. Let me move on to the Giants because here's where I disagree with you once again. We have a couple disagreements this time. We normally mm-hmm. never disagree, Cody. I can't believe uh, it, John. We're going to I mean, they later. won 107 games. Now, I get it. They lost their best pitcher, Gosman. They lost their best player in Posey. 107 games is a lot of wins. And I understand mm-hmm. people think it was a fluke and lucky, whatever. They had a pretty good offseason to try to make up for it. Now, they got Rodon back. 
Now, he's not going to give you the innings that Gosman is, but he's going to give you good innings. They brought back Di Sclafani. They brought back Wood. They added Cobb. I think Carlos Martinez, with a change of scenery, he might be pretty good. They got Jock Peterson in one of the best deals I've seen. Let's face it, Jock Peterson and Schwarber were the same player. Going into last year, they had mm-hmm. the same stats and got similar contracts. And this year, one of them, Schwarber, got $79 million and Jock Peterson got $6 million. I wouldn't swear that Schwarber's going to out-hit Peterson. I would think so based on their last season, but Peterson was pretty darn good in the playoffs and almost single-handedly, plus the pitchers, won that first round against Milwaukee. He was the only one who could hit those Milwaukee pitchers. You know, um, and then they brought back Belt. You know, I love what they do. I think they're a smart organization, and I think they'll surprise you. I Do I think they're better than the Dodgers? No, I didn't think so last year. And they ended up uh, beating them in the in the regular season anyway. So uh, I still think the Giants are really good. I think they're really good too. I just simply because of their losses I, of this offseason, yes, right, it, it was that Gossman loss that really kind of yeah, got fair. me. Um, that surprised me a little bit. And I liked the Rodon signing, but again, Rodon, you know, just health wise, based on what I saw last year, he was arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball for almost for three fourths of the season. And then the injury came, and that's the only thing that's putting me kind of pressing on the brake pedal a little bit. I do think this is a team that's going to finish in the top two in the division, maybe the top, yeah. maybe the top three of the Padres get that extra fifteen yeah. wins that you just mentioned. Yeah, but, let me remind you, everybody that goes there gets fifteen percent better right away. I don't know why that is. They have more coaches than anyone else, but <laughs> they do a good job developing. I mean, they signed guys last year for peanuts, and they came in and they were stars. So uh, they do a great job in San Francisco. Well, let's switch it over to Heyman's inside corner. John, I'm going to give you a quick little thing to tee you up, and you just go to town. What are the possible landing spots for Michael Conforta? That's a good question. He's the last guy standing, so to speak. Uh, He's the last guy with that qualifying offer. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, I think the Rangers are probably the favorite. They're a team that's already signed uh, two free agents with that qualifying offer attached, so they would lose a very low draft choice, not much, and their outfield still needs work. So I think the Rangers are probably the favorite. To me, the White Sox are the team that makes the most sense. they got a great team. We know it. They're very right-handed as things stand now. At this moment, their right fielder would be, I think, Engel. He's a great defensive player, but not the offense that you can get from Conforto. He would be a – to me, that's yeah, – you hear someone say perfect. To me, that's a perfect fit. Whether they can work it out, we will see. Um, and the uh, the other two teams I've, I I think w- would be in the mix would be the Rays and my Giants. I'll call them my Giants because oh, wow. I obviously love them more than anybody else. But uh, <laughs> those would be the four teams. I like it. Matt Harvey, if you've been paying attention to the social media, he's got his revenge body back, it looks like. looks like he's in good shape. Is he actually drawing interest from teams? He is. He is. This may surprise you. He is throwing near me in Miami. I have not actually gone over to see him over there uh, at his workout facility, but uh, my understanding is he's throwing well. Somebody must have gone to look because I've heard that he is drawing interest. I know his ERAs were not great the last few years I think two years ago uh, was it 11 somewhere at least in one spot and then it was six last year so at least he's trending in the right direction but we know that it's in there he's not old and you know obviously he had some issues which are 
we know about. And, uh, you know, if he gets everything in order and it looks like he's in good shape, uh, you know, it might be worth taking a flyer on him. But I, I have heard there's interest and I do expect that he will get signed somewhere. The Oakland A's. It looks like they're getting more and more ready to move to Las Vegas and they're dropping players left and right. <laughs> Their current rotation, they got a couple of pieces they can move. Yes. What do you think is going to happen with them? Well, I would have said a week ago for sure that Manaya and Montas get moved. But at this moment, talking to the teams that are interested, or some of the teams, because I think everybody's interested you know, in starting pitching, um, they're not getting callbacks. So I, I, the impression that's left is that they may keep both of these pitchers at least into the season. That said, once the season starts, they're trade bait, you know, and they certainly can be traded up until the deadline, and maybe that's where they get traded. But uh, I think teams are saying that Minaya may be out there a little bit more than Montas. Uh, at this point, I would say they, they keep one of them at least, and maybe two. Um, it's a little surprising. Maybe they're not hearing what they thought. You know, the market should be through the roof. I mean, we've heard uh, Minnesota, uh, St. Louis, White Sox, Yankees, Royals, um, you know, and there's basically everybody but Milwaukee and San Diego needs extra starting pitching, and uh, both are uh, exceptional. Montas struck out more than 200 last year, and Minaya almost 200, and they're, they're both fabulous pitchers. Montas obviously more valuable because he's got two years to go. Manaya just a free agent after the year. But at this point, they may not be part of the fire sale. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Conforto, last man standing. On the hill, last man standing seems to be Johnny Cueto. Is he the best available pitcher uh, on the market? And if so, where is he looking to go? Yeah, on the free agent market, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I mean, he wants to go to a winner. Of course, who doesn't? Um, he, he did have a 100 ERA plus last year, which is league average. So he could help basically on almost any team uh, in the middle of the rotation or the bottom of the rotation. Um, we shall see. Obviously, we talked about the Twins' needs. They could use a, a starter in the worst way. Another team that needs a starter and a start and a sign, guys. They just signed Tommy Pham for $7.5 million. Is his old Reds team. That would be interesting. In 2014, I believe, he had – one of the best years ever at Great American Park. And um, I can see that, and I'm speculating a bit, the, the Reds and the Twins, there are probably others uh, that could be involved with Johnny Cueto at this point. Because as, as I mentioned, he could help a lot of teams. Well, you mentioned he's a free agent. There are, of course, pitchers out there that are not free agents. We mentioned him earlier brief, briefly. I'd love your quick take. Craig Kimbrell, is he going to be a White Sox much longer? And if so, how much longer? Yeah, I mean, he's a team player, so he's not going to say anything, but I'm pretty sure he wants to be traded so he could be a closer. Liam Hendricks is the, fairly the closer there. There's no question about that. They have so many good right-handed relievers and hard-throwing ones. They picked up Graveman. They picked up Kelly. They had mm -hmm. Crochet. We'll see what happens with Kopech. But, I mean, they, they have so much firepower on the right side of that bullpen. He really is not needed there. And as a setup man, he was not good last year. He had like a 509 ERA. Not like he did have a 509 ERA. With the White Sox, with the Cubs, it was 0 0.49. So he should be closing somewhere. About half the team should be interested in him. But <laughs> to me, to me, the Phillies are the team. I mean, Dave Dombrowski got him for Boston. He helped them win a championship there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, Knable's a solid pitcher. Uh, he's probably their closer right now. But I'm always worried about that Philly bullpen. It never looks perfect to me.
Yeah, Craig Kimbrell in that Philly bullpen would be huge. Not to mention another team that really crossed my mind, Los Angeles Dodgers, and especially after losing Kenley Jansen to the Braves. I mean, he would be a monster in Los Angeles yeah, as well. Yeah, very good. You should be doing this insider job. Not bad. Oh, oh stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Uh, speaking of the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, to be extended by the Dodgers? I, I certainly hope and think so. Uh, they are talking, and I hear they're closer and uh, he is a lame duck going into this year, so well, let's hope for their sake that they work it out. And I know they're talking, and I expect that something will get done there. Those of you who are Dodger fans on Twitter who don't like Dave Roberts, I just want you to understand something. You're wrong. You're so wrong. You're frighteningly I like wrong. That. I like yeah. it. You know what people don't realize about Los Angeles? Everyone thinks it's uh, very laid back, and, and maybe in some ways it is, and I understand that people... May leave early. The traffic, which we referenced earlier, is horrendous. Uh, the fans are not e- that easygoing. You know what? It's like any other big market. You know, I'm not going to say it's Philly because you know they're a little crazy in Philly, but it's like New York, Boston. Uh, the fans will get on you if they don't think the move is right. But you know, it's a little harder to judge Dave Roberts because he's on one of those many teams where the front office has huge input, but. I do believe he's great for a team, and he's certainly we know he's fantastic for a clubhouse, which is what you really need in this day and age. So I hope they bring him back, and I think they will. I, I completely agree. I hope they do, and I believe they will as well. And if they don't, don't worry. Somebody else will jump all over them as quickly <laughs> as they possibly can. That's a good job. Yeah, that's a good job to have. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been Big Time Baseball today. John. Man, it has been so good to actually hear your voice and talk to you again about baseball. I'm so excited about baseball coming back in two weeks. I'm enjoying myself some spring training, but I want some games with some stakes. I cannot wait. (laughs) I love it, Cody. Well, John, uh, make sure uh, make sure you guys follow John on social media. As he mentioned, his main job is to be on Twitter. So follow him <laughs> at John Heyman. And you can follow me at Decker6 and Antihero Baseball on Instagram. And guys, that's it for us today. We'll be back next week. Be safe out there. Beat it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.